cryptids, and the paranormal. Welcome to the All Things Strange podcast. We are your hosts, Agent Ether, Agent Redacted, and Agent Anderson. Become a Patreon subscriber today and get early access, after hours, and bonus episodes. Join our Facebook and Discord to interact directly with your agents. And check out our link tree for all of our links in the description. This week's episode, The Battle of the Bands. Sorry to cut you off there, but it was time to announce the episode. That's, it was that's, good. It was good timing. That was very yeah. goodly timed. I thought it worked out. Let's keep that one. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So starting off with me, I did the band Mayhem. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about. Okay, let's okay. introduce a little because we're doing Battle of the Bands. This was Agent Redacted's idea. He wanted to talk about Mayhem. Oh God. And I figured, well, why don't we all pick a band or two and go with it and see what happens? So that's this week's episode. That's what we're doing. And I think Agent Redacted wants to start off with Mayhem. Why don't you show us what you got? All right. Just to give a fair warning here, it is very graphic uh, and gory. Not for children. Yeah, not for children and not for people uh, who are, you know. Squeamish. squeamish. Yeah, squeamish. Faint of heart. Like Perhaps my, too old. Like my, like my aunt. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Mayhem was formed in 1984 uh, in Langhuis, in... Uh, Langhus, Norway. And Keeping the tradition of the show alive yeah, Nor- and well. <laughs> with <laughs> mispronouncing things. I don't know. There's like O's with crosses in them. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so it's, they uh, pretty much pioneered Norwegian black metal. And they're very <laughs> controversial. <laughs> or they are Norwegian black metal. I mean, how many bands can they have in Norway? Uh, there's, there's actually quite a few. Are there really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like Bathory. Um, Fuck, there's, there's many others, but that's the only one I can think of right now. Okay. Is this the music you like to listen to that you... Uh, not Mayhem, but I yeah. do like Bathory. When you're brooding in your kid cave over there. <laughs> Building RC cars. Planning the destruction so, of the planet. Yeah, I enjoy doing that a lot. So the current members, as of now, uh, this band was formed in 1984. The current members are Necro Butcher, Hellhammer, Atelakishyar, Telok... And ghoul. Ghoul? Yeah, all these are spelled really stupidly. And I'm not even going to pronounce their real names because one of them is Jorn with an O and a cross. Now, are those their birth names? That's what their parents actually named <laughs> Yeah, them, right? yeah. No, uh, all these are their nicknames except for one guy, uh, Attila. You know, Attila Sihar. And here's the list of former members. Members, Euronymous, who died. Um, Kijetel Manhim. Messiah, Maniac, Dead, who lives up to his name, Occultus, oh, ouch. Count Grishak, Blackthorn, Blasphemer, Dead Seed, there's a circle over the A on this one, Stall Redoff, Per Wilson, Kittle Kittleson, Torben Grew, Alexander Norgarin, Sanrab, is is Zog? Okay, all right, face. all right, we get the point. There's a lot of people. A lot of people who used to be in the band. Gilmeth. A lot of former members. Yeah, are all of, those people dead? Um, no, not all these people. The Some people of them just left. Cycle in and out of the band. Yeah, well, a lot of these were the temporary name. people. Um, because you know a lot of deaths in the band, so they had to get a lot of new people. And some of these people are touring members. Uh, in total, this is 24 people who were in the band, which is a lot. 
So I'll start off with the most famous member, Varg Virkanese, also known as um, Count Grishak. He's better known as Varg, though. Uh, he's famous because he murdered one of the another band member. What? Euronymous. <laughs> And quote unquote self defense, they got into argument. He stabbed him twenty three times and argued that he was innocent. And then he went ran into my knife. Yeah, intentional manslaughter. Twenty three times. Did so, he yell, "He's coming right at me"? When he did it. <laughs> so there's two stab wounds to the head, five to the neck, and sixteen to the back. Sixteen hmm. to the back. Yeah, sixteen stab wounds to the back does not sound like self defense. He was also convicted for burning down three ancient churches and a fourth one is suspected for all this and doing other stuff he got 20 years 21 years in prison which is the maximum penalty and well in norway yeah norway pretty and, lenient over there yeah they're yeah. norway they believe in when, rehabilitation so when he was uh in jail he pu published two books released two ambient albums and uh he started a neo-nazi organization um, the Norwegian Heathens group. I can't read my own handwriting. That's close enough. Um, <laughs> that one, you know, the one Norwegian yeah, neo-Nazi group. Yeah, but he started a neo-Nazi group and he's been credited for basically being a huge neo-Nazi and racist and basically hates modern society. So this guy's a little insane. Um, he entered prison in uh, nine. He did not enter. Well, um, Euronymous was stabbed in August 1993. And... Um, Virkanese got released from jail in 2009. I'd like to mention this guy has a wife and children. Because, <laughs> of course, he does. Yeah, he has a wife and children. And at one point, he had a YouTube channel where he talked about his thoughts and he lived in the woods and he had a really long beard. But now he just looks like a normal guy and he's now known as Luz Catchit now. Huh. He's married to Marie Catchit and I don't know who'd marry the psychopath. But yeah, he's 50 years old. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's just misunderstood. He's, yeah, he's, he only killed one person and was only a neo-Nazi for a little bit. The second most infamous member was dead. As I've mentioned, he lived up to his name very, very well. He died at the age of 2022 in April 6, 1991. People described him as odd and depressed and introverted, and he would cut himself on stage and cover it up with duct tape. He committed suicide by slitting his throat and wrists, and then shooting himself with a in the head with a shotgun. That is thorough. <laughs> yeah. So, before Euronymous was murdered, he saw his friend who committed suicide, and can you guess what he did? What he? Uh, no, wait. So he saw his friend. Yeah. Well, this was before of, he died. In the act of committing suicide. No, no. He saw after. He saw his corpse. Oh, I see. Okay. Can you guess what he did? Um, called the cops? No, he went out to the local grocery store, bought a disposable camera, posed him, and added some items, rearranged them, then took a picture, st stole some bits of his bone fragments from his skull, then he called the police. <laughs> There's some, I knew he called the police. Yeah. There's some supposedly false rumors that he took some of his brain and made it into stew. He also made necklaces with the bits of his skull. And gave them to quote-unquote worthy artists. Recently, in 2018, a skull fragment with a letter um, describing his death in large detail, uh, describing Dead's death in large detail, sold for $3.5,000. $3.5,000? Yeah. 
I was thinking, man, I wish I could have bought that. Um, the picture of him dead was used in the album cover. And um, for what bit? Why? I, it's this band's insane. So the rumor, um, there's a rumor that dead had Cotard syndrome because he had a near death experience as a child where he had an ice skating accident. He had internal bleeding. And he's um, described to be, you know, very um, insane, basically. And he, that's so, for those who don't know, Cotard syndrome is when you feel like you're dead. You already died, even if you survive that incident, and you feel like you're decaying. So I felt like all, that all the time. And he just sort of felt like as a person that this life was just a dream and he was just kind of waiting to pass on, anyways. Weird. He also suffered from sleep apnea from the age of 10. Huh. I have his suicide note. It's uh, pretty infamous for being terrible. Uh, let me pull it up. Terrible here. in what way? Well, I guess we're I'd... about to find out. <laughs> so it's originally in, um, what do they speak in? Norwegian? Yeah, Norwegian. But it starts off with, excuse the blood, but I have slipped my wrists and neck. He goes on to say that he wanted to die in the woods. So it would be a few days before he was found. He says he belongs in the wood and has always done so. Nobody will understand. He believes that he's not human and it's just a dream and he's going to awake. It was too cold and the blood was coagulating all the time. Plus my new knife is too dull. And I'm assuming he means for cutting. Yeah. And yeah. if I don't succeed dying to the knife, I will blow all the shit out of my skull. Yet I do not know. I left all my lyrics by the good, let the good times roll plus the rest of the money. Whoever finds it gets the fucking thing. As a last salutation, may I present life eternal. Do whatever you want with the fucking thing. Hmm. <laughs> I would I would have hoped family and friends and fellow band members would have reached out to him at some point. No. I mean, if the guy's like cutting himself on stage. And you covering would it up with duct tape. There would be some like sort of intervention on some level. No, all these people were um, insane, terrible people. Uh, the band was famous for doing corpse painting, not like with a white face and some black markings to look cool. No, they painted their face so they look like a corpse. Hmm. Um, yeah. So before the concert, they bury their clothes outside and dirt so they could dig them up and wear them so they'd look like a corpse. Mayhem would also throw rotten pig heads into the crowd to get rid of all the posers. <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> and one of the now band members wore a pig head and he said he's a vegetarian. It was, but why did he wear a pig head? I don't know. He claimed it was like to protest the meat industry and how we're all getting, when we eat meat, we all get fatter and become pigs. Peter usually throws blood on furs, not wears them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he had to kill a poor little piggy to wear it as an outfit. Oh, God. So, a regular part of Mayhem's performances, most of the time, they'd have rotten pig heads or sheep heads on stakes at the uh, front of the stage. I feel like you could never get away with this in the U.S. Oh. They would close that crap down These people so should have been arrested. Um, and during Hellfest, a festival that Mayhem was in in 2014, I think, uh, they used human remains on stage for quote-unquote spiritual reasons, not for shock factor. <laughs> and uh, there's stuff like skulls, human bones, just general human remains on stage. Maybe it's just a cultural people. thing. Maybe we're being too judgmental. No, they're they're normal. Maybe that's normal the over normal there. Ones. Yeah. 
We'll have to ask our. But listeners. yeah, yeah. I don't think we have too many from Norway. <laughs> <laughs> please, please tell us if this is normal. <laughs> have you seen them in concert? You can still see them in concert, actually. They're playing in Nashville in a little while. Tennessee? Of yeah. all places. Wow. Are they What? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So also, in an interview, um, Euronymous said, quote, unquote, if Dead hadn't done it himself, I would have done it. Like, basically said that um, if he didn't kill himself right away, I would have just killed him anyways. <laughs> and several times you can find recorded footage of him saying, I would have killed him. Because <laughs> he had it coming, huh? Maybe. No, wait, not Euronymous. I mean, Varg. Oh, okay. I think, I don't know. This There's whole just thing too many. reminds me of that uh, musical Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's about a bunch of women in jail, and there's a song in there, and they're all making excuses why they killed their man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you would have done it too, basically. Yeah. The song goes, you would have done the same. Oh, God. Yeah. Dead, the member who committed suicide, you know, like I mentioned, he had a near-death experience as a child, and he met someone who also had a near-death experience. And, and they got married? Yeah, they got married and they had children and they they lived happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> he, so he said that, you know, his heart stopped and he was dead, basically. And he saw a strange blue color and everything was tinted with blue. And then it turned white and something warm surrounded him. He later asked somebody about these colors and he had reached the quote unquote first level of the other world, which had the color of you and the terrestrial level which is where we live, had, has the color black. The next color between the worlds is blue, and the last level is white. Quote, no mortals can go there, and if a mortal succeeds in reaching the white level, then he stops being mortal and can't return to our world anymore. And there are levels and colors beyond the white one, but he doesn't know anything about them. And only spirits and very powerful wizards can travel there. Hmm. Sounds very mystical. So where does that where does that come from? This idea of the colors and I have no idea. All these people are on a lot of drugs so constantly. So I think they're just all insane. That's probably where it comes from. Then <laughs> yeah, I'd also like to um, say that Dead died at 22 on April 8th, 1991, which is just three days, three days and three years difference. From Kurt Cobain's death. I think it's a conspiracy theory. Oh, interesting. But yeah. And the two are both related. They both shot themselves with a shotgun, shotgun in the head. Or somebody else did, you know, depending on your opinion on the oh, case. God. So those are the two most um, notorious members of the band. Yeah. Uh, what are some of their hijinks or shenanigans that they got up to other than throwing, you know, rotten remains at people? Well, they're generally uh, neo-Nazis. Mm-hmm. and racist. Um, so they spent a lot of their time being evil. I can say they're completely insane. But yeah, about the burning church thing, you know, he was tried for that, and other members supposedly are tied to these, but it can't be proven. And most of the church burnings in Norway were actually done by black metal fans like this. Hmm. Oh, like copycats. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm just saying something. somebody might encourage this. Yeah, so they saw their their fans of the band, and I've heard their music, by the way. So I find it's it hard to believe that they have fans. Special, but apparently they have fans, and those fans will yeah 
hear about the church burnings, oh, and then they go do it themselves, apparently. I, f- I forgot to mention, one of their members, Jorben Grew, was a professional opera singer. No kidding. Yeah, he played drums. Okay. <laughs> so He played drums, but he was, yeah, had he's, a background in Yeah, he's opera. normally a professional opera singer. Uh, but yeah, uh, Varg is not in jail today. He lives in France with his wife and children, which terrifies me. Don't go to France. Yeah, I'm not going to France. <laughs> where where neo Nazis retire. Yeah, I I don't know. It's he just looks like a normal guy now. He uh-huh. looks like a hipster in his 30s. I'm not even kidding. Hmm. Let me show you a picture of him. He 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 doesn't he doesn't look like he used to. Do you think it all could have been just for show to get attention and garner, you know, uh, fans for the band? Well, the one guy did murder somebody. Being a neo-Nazi or? Just some of the hijinks, like the pigs um, on stage and stuff. I I don't know. Using actual corpses on yeah, stage? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know anymore. Where would you even get an actual corpse? Probably have to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, these people are special. See, he just, he, he just looks like a guy. Yep, he just looks like a guy. He I just, want to see, I want to see the normal he, guy. He looks like, yeah. you would never suspect this man is a nope. neo-Nazi. But yeah, he's credited in many books on like, you know, neo-Nazism and uh, white supremacy that he's like, you know, good good part of it. So What a strange belief system. I'm better than you. We're going to organize and pretend to be better than you. So weird. Yeah, that's that's all I have. It terrifies me that some of these people are still out there and still performing. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure they get plenty of people buying tickets, even though they're neo Nazis. Yeah, God. Yeah, no, I would, I'd run away if I saw any of these people in real life. Honestly, they're capable of murder. Every single one of them. Ah, just John Wickham. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they all did this stuff like in their twenties, and then they after that they settled down to a normal life. Yeah, of, I guess so. Of uh, you know, bloated dead pigs or whatever. <laughs> All right. Is that what you got on Mayhem for us? Yep. Very graphic and very disturbing. Okay. And then I think next up, Agent Ether wants to talk about Blink-182 and their UFO connection. I do, specifically DeLong's UFO connection. Right. A lot of people have heard about DeLong. He's involved with uh, To The Stars Academy and Mm -hmm. lots of stuff. So why don't you tell us about it? Well, it's funny because... I've heard a few Blink-182 songs because, of course, I grew up in the 90s, as you did as well, in America. You guys grew up in the 90s? I thought it was a conspiracy. No. We grew up in the 90s. We're 90s kids. Well, 80s and 90s. Teenagers in the 90s. You guys are lying. And so I'm I'm familiar with Blink-182. They were pretty popular. Yeah, they got some good songs. They sold 50 million albums worldwide. I mean, they're still touring, but that's a lot of albums. And they were established in SoCal which is where Anderson and I were most of our youth. Um, But what surprised me is when I'm researching them, because I didn't know anything about their history. I just know something about their music and a couple band member names, is that a lot of places, let's say Wikipedia, does not mention the UFO connection at all. Hmm. And you would think it would be a big part because later on I'll talk about how when the band would break up or when DeLong would decide to leave the band, there was a UFO connection. But on Wikipedia, it was like, well, he had family commitments and there was tension among the members. No mention of the UFO connection. And that's a pretty big part of the story. That's surprising. 
Yeah, I, w- I was also surprised. So looking at the band, they were a typical garage band. So they really lucked out because a lot of people have garage bands in high school, you know, where they're just rocking out with their friends, basically. Although not all of them are talented. <laughs> That's true. Tom DeLong was a student at Poway High School where he was expelled for being drunk at a basketball game <laughs> and sent to continuation school where he would play guitar. That's such in a minor crime. Battle of the Bands. So I guess that's where he got started. He would meet drummer Scott Rayner and they would play like the YMCA and the Elks Club, just like these small venues. And he would go around promoting the band at high schools so they could play during rallies and lunches as an anti-drug wholesome band. (laughs) You like that? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And one thing led to another and they started opening for bands and then bigger bands. And then... They happened to make friends with someone whose father was president of a label, Cargo Records. Hmm. I'm not familiar with them, but... I I think it's a small label, but, you know, it's all about connections. Right. It's all about... Because you can be really talented, and if you never get that break, you're never going anywhere. Well, yeah, I've seen plenty of people that can totally shred on the guitar at open mic nights, but... You know, it's it's nearly impossible to break into the industry. You really need a lucky break. So at the time, one of the band members was actually a minor, so they actually couldn't sign on. And there was uh, the rest of them signed on on a trial basis. They actually were going under the name Blink at the time. Mm-hmm. But there was an Irish band by the same name, so the label gave them a week to change the name or they would change it for them. <laughs> so the band just randomly chose the number 182. Okay. It has it has no meaning. Nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything. They were okay. just running out of time and they're like 182. It's got a nice sound to it. It, it does. It's not too bad. Agent Anderson, you want to know what I'm doing? I can see what you're doing. I'm blinking 182 times. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you're petting a cryptid. Oh. So they would go on to their blinking too. Sh- They would go on to have their first tour in 95, and then by 96, they'd already drawn the attention of some major record labels, and there would be a bidding war. Their third album was the one that kind of made them famous, you know, sent them to the top of the the pop, top of the charts. Yes, it's number one. It's top of the pops. That's it. That's what it is. So their album was Enemy of the State. Very popular singles at the time. Um... But in 2005, DeLong would take a break from the band. And the reasons given kind of around the nets, the interwebs, are that he felt it was taking a toll on his family life. So he wanted like a half a year break. There was a lot of tension between him and the band members until he finally left the group to found Angels and Airwaves. Uh, Not only was it a band, but Tom describes it as an art project that approaches larger themes and tackles them in different mediums. Can you hold on there? Could you grab that from Cryptid? Because that is really (laughs) murder on the microphone. Thank you. Apologies to anybody listening. Our Cryptid was chewing on a stick. I'm going to start chewing on it. Hopefully it doesn't show up in the recording, but it might. Edit. Well, you don't have to repeat it. You should press the little flag. He wasn't doing it. You like the little flag, don't you? I like the little flag. We all like the little flag. He wasn't doing it for that long, so I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) All right, so Angels and Airwaves, they did group films. 
live events and fan artist interaction and the film did include a documentary about Blink-182's breakup and they also released art and graphic novels. That sounds stupid. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) DeLong would uh, rejoin and leave the band again twice, although I think they're touring now. Uh, At one point, members were recording in different studios. Things were so tense. So one would be on the East Coast and West Coast recording separately, and then they just put the tracks together. Dang. But in 2022, things seemed to have worked out, and the band publicly announced their return. Well, that's good. You always like to hear that. You know, why not? So at 182's Enemy of the State... There's a song titled Aliens Exist. Have you heard it? I don't think I have. Oh, you're going to love this. Am I allowed to read lyrics on the show? Yeah, sure. I think I think that's safe. It's illegal. Okay, it's pretty short. I actually cropped out some stuff. Nobody be offended. Uh, there were like, I don't know, six parts to it or something, and I cropped it down to the most interesting parts. So again, it's called Aliens Exist. These are the lyrics. Hey, Mom, there's something in the back room. Hope it's not that creature from above. You used to read me stories as if my dreams were boring. We all know conspiracies are dumb. What if people knew that these were real? I'd leave my closet door open all night. I know the CIA would say, what you hear is all hearsay. I am still a skeptic. Yes, you know me. Been best friends and will be till the day we die. I got an injection of fear from the abduction. My best friend thinks I'm just telling lies all right. Up all night long and there's something very wrong and I know it must be late. Been gone since yesterday. Last line. I'm not like you guys. 12 majestic lies. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, that's pretty telling right there. And that was back in 99. Okay. So you're like, huh, what happened to DeLong that he wrote this song? I mean, those are some very specific ideas. Right. People don't generally just sort of do that. So why did you tell us? Well, in the early 2000s, um, DeLong says that there was hidden UFO information in the military. He talked to a interviewer about a friend he had on the East Coast who he said had spent years talking to government officials that had personally witnessed UFO activities. And he gives an example. He says there was a man part of a nuclear cleanup task force. He was brought seven stories below the Pentagon through a maze of elevators and tunnels and ended up face-to-face with an alien. Tom DeLong did? No, he said that he interviewed someone. Oh, interviewed somebody. Who was a government witness to UFO activity, and that's what the interviewee told him. Hmm. So what about that song, though, before that came out in 99? Well, the interview was in the early 2000s. So in the interview, he's talking about interviewing this friend previously before the song came out oh i see okay so the song's based on his friend (laughs) yeah i would think so i would think so in february 2015 because delong didn't really start talking about aliens until later on in his life Mm -hmm. he didn't start talking about aliens till later on although there was some stuff in his um artist group about aliens which i'll get to later Flag, please. 
Please put a little flag. <laughs> oh, like, you'll you'll get a flag. That doesn't mean I'm going to edit that out. There. I like that button. You don't should, get to press it. I want to press it. You're too far away. <laughs> I know. I should grab a stick. In February of 2015, DeLong told Paper Mag that he made contact with aliens. He was talking about a time that he was camping at a secret base on the flight path to Area 51. And he said that by shutting down his mind and projecting thoughts, he thought he could achieve extraterrestrial communication. And his, this is a quote. My whole body felt like it had static electricity it sounded like there were 20 people there talking, and instantly my mind goes, okay, they're at our campsite, they're not here to hurt us, they're talking about shit, but I can't make out what they're saying, but they're working on something. And he also describes in interviews a three-hour period of lost time during this experience. Hmm. Oh, oh, oh dear. That sounds like schizophrenia. Ah, uh, this cryptid man. He's like making noises when we're <laughs> you should You should press the flag button again. Ah, it's fine. It's fun. Skeptics would say that, why would a musician know anything about any of this? But there have been cases of celebrities um, witnessing or having knowledge of UFOs. So it's not necessarily unprecedented. So have you heard of To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science? Uh, yes, I have. That so he's the founder. Yeah, well, him and some other people. Him that's some a other people. That's a pretty big topic of the last few years. Yeah, well, I'll just leave it, you know, down to a little concise part. Right. That's a whole other episode. I'll just tell you about their mission. Their mission statement is to be a powerful vehicle for change by creating a consortium among science, aerospace, and entertainment that will work collectively to allow gifted researchers the freedom to explore exotic science and technologies with the infrastructure and resources to rapidly transition them to products that can change the world. Hmm. Capitalism. That sounds nice. Well, it's interesting because, you know, so in early February, he's giving all these interviews about his experiences with aliens. He doesn't say he's been abducted. He doesn't say he's seen necessarily UFOs. A lot of it is secondhand, except for his encounter at the camp. But then less than a year later, he comes out as the president and CEO of this academy. Hmm. So it makes me feel like there's some sort of connection, like he's looking for something. Yeah. In April 2016, he releases a book, Secret Machines Book One Chasing the Shadows. And it's described online and elsewhere as science fiction thriller. Mm -hmm. But when you talk to Tom, he says it's actually a deep dive into the U.S. Department of Defense. And it almost sounds. Why don't you grab that? Wow, he really wants to play. Oh, poor guy. I played with him earlier. So sorry, Toby. It's like the fourth toy. Sorry, Toby. These toys make so much noise. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so bad. He looks so Broke unhappy. his poor little heart. You did. You should press the flag button. You took the toy from him. <laughs> no, listeners want to hear us. Taking <laughs> toys from our dogs. Well, I want to hear the flag button. They're going to call PETA on us. <laughs> Anyways, Sorry, the, the book, he says, is a deep dive into the U.S. Department of Defense. He tells Entertainment Weekly, this isn't just old Tom talking about UFOs again. I think that it's a heroic story and an important topic that we're still dealing with today. 
So he sees some real parallels between his book and what's happening in real life, specifically politically. In October 2016, WikiLeaks, have you heard about this, would release um, documentation proving DeLong's connection with the U.S. government. Really? So there was an email chain between DeLong and Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta. All right. The Wall Street Journal, this was in the Wall Street Journal. Okay. Uh, wrote that Podesta vaguely said um, that he shared their interest of intellectual life and greater government disclosure. And DeLong said in these emails, he'd been working with Air Force Major General William N. McCasland to help come up with a UFO advisory team. So they're turning to him for advice on UFOs and forming a team to investigate them. In 2015, in an email, DeLong told Podesta he would like to introduce him to two officials who are in charge, this quote, of the most fragile divisions as it relates to classified science and DOD topics. Weird. WikiLeaks. So he's been emailing back and forth Podesta, and you're like, what? Why is he humoring him? Like, yeah, is it all serious? Like, what is up with this? Was the Clinton campaign like laughing behind the scenes, or it's crazy? Is this serious? It seems like something out of a movie. Former rock star becomes UFO investigator. In 2017, the guitarist would actually receive a award, UFO Researcher of the Year, Hmm. from OpenMinds.tv for his his work in the in the field and he delivered a, a speech on video and he said i want you as an educated group of people to read between the lines and look at the history of what i've been doing over the past couple of years and get a sense for what the hell i'm ready to do if you guys come along for the ride it's going to be pretty fantastic so that's in 2017 and you're like what's he up to what's he going to do next Well, in December of that same year, to the STARS Academy of Arts and Sciences releases UFO evidence. Okay, now is this the Tic Tac video? Yeah, it's the Tic Tac video. They claim that it came out at the same time as the New York Times article. So the footage of the declassified military videos from 2004, the Tic Tacs. Yeah, that's a really interesting topic that we should probably do a whole episode on. Right. Um, but just just to see say how weird it is, that video was actually released in 2004 on the Above Top Secret forums. But if you go back and find the original thread, nobody believed it at the time. Everybody thought it was a hoax. They all said it was a fake video. Fast forward, hmm. the government has actually admitted that it's a genuine video. They have, they did not admit what is in the video. They said, we don't know, or they just didn't say anything. But they did say that, yes, this is a genuine video. And I guess he took part in a, a six-episode History Channel series, Unidentified, Inside America's UFO Investigation. I haven't seen it. Now I kind of want to. We should check that out. Yeah. He says, with this show, the real conversation can finally begin. I'm thankful to history for giving the To the Stars Academy team of world-class scientists, engineers, and intelligence experts the opportunity to tell the story in a comprehensive and compelling way. 
Hmm. So who are these experts? How expert are the experts? I want to know, where are they from? What have they done? And what are they doing now? Well, that's, like I said, a whole other topic. Whole another <laughs> cracker of there's, monkeys. There's a couple of key players there. Um, but, I mean, it would take too long to do a rundown, and I'm not familiar with all of them. But um, just just a couple of people that have been involved are guys like Harold E. Putoff, which... If you know about these topics, that should definitely raise a red flag. And there's 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 a whole bunch of people, but um, maybe save that if we do an episode on it. So just a last couple notes about Tom, some things he believes and has said during interviews. So, for example, he thinks we've already met aliens. He says it's been happening across the globe for some time with multiple governments and he points out, you know, the Vatican's discussions about it recently and discord and symposiums in NASA. Isn't isn't the Vatican like the Pope guy or something? Yes, the Vatican. And, what, and there's a lot of conspiracies. What does the Pope do? About aliens and the Vatican. He's kind of in charge. He's the big guy. He, he's kind of like... Does he do nothing like the Queen? No, he, he issues like decrees and... You know, that sort of things, like edicts and stuff. That's nice. Yeah. He covers up what now? Yeah, he covers <laughs> up stuff. Uh, DeLong also talked about, oh gosh, what was it? Oh, he talks about like a craft, like a spacecraft, and how there was like the special engine that could displace most of the map of the mass of the ship. It like ionizes the engine and it was glowing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he describes this, this ship, but he says he can't say any more because his phone's been tapped. So huh. he thinks the government is listening in on him. And to be quite frank, they might be. Well, since He's literally- being very public. Since literally everybody's phone is tapped, then yes, his phone is tapped. <laughs> You know that, right? You know the uh, the NSA is collecting all of the data all the right. time. Well, it's not very interesting. Still, from his interviews, I got the impression he really thinks like the government is out to get him personally. That sounds like a schizophrenic. Maybe, but if they were out to get him, they would have already got him. Yeah. You know? I don't know. So Tom also thinks that there's life on Mars. Hmm. He's He says we're going to discover... It, at the very least, microbial life. But a lot of people think that. He is not yeah. unusual in thinking that. Right. Um, he, he thinks we're going to send people up there, and he says we're going to find the remnants of other types of life. But really what's going to be there are remnants of other civilizations, architecture, old monuments, machinery, things that have been fossilized, yada, yada, yada. And we have a lot of pictures at this point from Mars. You can just go online, thousands, tens of thousands of pictures of the red planet, and I'm pretty sure, unfortunately, they have not found any evidence of life yet that he's yeah. describing. Have they dug anything up, though? Well, although, to be fair, though, there are some really, really interesting pictures. For example, there are pyramids. Like the spoon? There are, there's that one. Remember I showed you that picture of the, what looks kind of like a yucca tree? Yeah. And I don't know if any of it is anything, but it's kind of fun just to look at the pictures and think, okay, that really does look like something. But apparently, according to the, uh, what do they say, the boffins? Is that what they say in England? 
<laughs> According to the scientists, it's all just natural formations and misidentifications of naturally occurring objects or um, camera artifacts, things like I, that. I do think the pyramid thing is weird, though, like because we have these on Earth too. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I don't. Th- there's no way that the Earth can make a perfectly triangle. Thingy. No, but there are there are like the Bosnian I know, but like pyramids. somebody somebody had to build them or something. No, like the Bosnian pyramids are apparently they look like pyramids, but they're natural structures. Yeah, I don't think they're natural so structures. So they dude. say. So they say. So they yeah. say. Have you ever dug inside of one? No, I've That's never right. even been to there. They That's are large though. They are very massive structures. Yeah. yeah. That continue down into the earth some ways. Very interesting. Very interesting structures. So uh, Tom, 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 (laughs) Tom DeLong, in interviews, he also says that conspiracies are actually distractions. Hmm. He says the government's trying to distract us from real issues, which I'm assuming he means includes uh, aliens and UFOs and that sort of thing. So he points actually to the moon landing. Do you know Tom DeLong was on the Joe Rogan experience? Yes, I do. <laughs> Apparently, that interview did not go well. No, it did not. Unlike some of his other interviews, he was not allowed to uh, what some people would describe as ramble on. And Joe Rogan was quoted as saying he is out of his effing mind. Yeah, and here's here's the weird thing is that um, I'm pretty sure that was before he had uh, Bob Lazar on, before Joe Rogan had Bob Lazar on. And Joe Rogan has for a long time said that he doesn't believe any of this stuff, you know, the conspiracies, the UFOs, whatever. He thinks it's all nonsense because I guess previously he'd gone down a a moon landings are fake rabbit hole and he believed that for a little while, but probably he felt foolish. So he believed it. He was skeptical for a long time, but then he has Bob Lazar on his show and all of a sudden he does a 180 apparently. And now he believes in UFOs from Bob Lazar. This, we've covered Bob Lazar before, and we had a very, you know, he's a very popular guy. A lot of people like to believe his story, but Everybody I think. Everybody loves Bob. I think his story has as many holes as a sieve. Yeah. What's a sieve? Oh, like right, a that colander. Thing. You mean like, sieve? Like a pasta strainer. No. You mean sieve? No. It's spelled like sieve. It is. Anyways, if you love Tom DeLong, if you're a big fan, you can get some of his personal items on eBay. What, like his used socks? Uh, no, like his guitar, for example. You know, not just souvenirs from the show, but like his 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 guitar. I, I want a Tom DeLong guitar. I, th- I think I would buy a uh, fragment of Dead Skull. That, that'd actually be really cool. Yeah, he's not, it's not that kind of a band. It's, it's not the same? No. Nobody's murdered? No. I mean, what's the point of music if nobody's murdered and constantly in jail? I know, right? Anyways, that all, that's all I got for Tom. All right. Well, that's a very, very interesting story. And there's plenty of stuff we can go into more depth there, like the people in um, To the Stars Academy. For example, Lou Elizondo could be an entire episode, easily an entire episode on himself. Or um, Christopher Mellon. I don't know if you know who he is. He's part of the ultra rich melon family so you, i mean there's a lot of stuff there you can Did go they sell on. melons so that's the that's the short short version we could definitely do a lot more on that topic so that's sort of an introduction but a good introduction it was so does does tom DeLong like to eat footlongs from subway yes so uh, thank you for that aging ether and i guess i'll start talking about my particular topic i was looking at the devil in music bands that may be associated with the devil or perhaps sold their souls to the devil. 
And of course, one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is Led Zeppelin. Did you know that Led Zeppelin worshipped the devil and or sold their souls to the devil? You told me, the, so I believe you. Well, it's not a proven fact, but a lot of people suspect it because there's a lot of weird stuff around the band that kind of hints at stuff like this. So we'll get into some of that. But it all started off in the early 80s during the Satanic Panic, which I'd like to do a whole episode on that in and of itself. But basically, people were freaking out about Satanic stuff. You know, everything was dangerous and warping the minds of the youth. People thought there were hidden subliminal messages in all these records from rock and roll bands. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons got under fire because they were using... Names of real demons from mythology and real stuff. demons. There was, I mean, there was a lot to it. Even cattle mutilations were considered to be done by like satanic worshippers. It was a whole thing, and it was crazy. What are you we've, doing? We've probably mentioned it on the show before. I'm pretty sure we have. But Led Zeppelin specifically got accused of putting subliminal messages in their songs, specifically "Stairway to Heaven." Now, there was a preacher named Michael Mills said that they had used a technique called backmasking, where basically you record something, reverse it, and then overlay it to the music in such a way that you can't really hear it when you're playing it forward, but when you play it in reverse, you can hear the message. Now, how this would mind control people or warp the youth is not entirely clear, but they thought that was... Uh the way it functioned back then. So he thinks that if you play it backwards, you hear Master Satan, serve me, and there's no escaping it. A different preacher, Paul Crouch, heard a different message in Stairway to Heaven when it was played backwards. He heard, here's to my sweet Satan, the one whose path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He will give those with him 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer sad Satan. Wow. Now, are, that's like almost badly poetic. That reminds me of there's a comedian who tours around and he rewrites song lyrics, like how he, he <laughs> how he thinks they sound on the radio. Do you remember when you were young and you would think a song went a certain way? Space monkeys. And then, yeah, and then you're monkeys. like, it's, it's, yeah, it's space monkeys. Space monkeys instead of what is it? Space trucking? Yeah, it's, it's space, space monkeys. So you don't know how the lyrics are supposed to go. They sound a very specific way. And so this comedian will go up and he'll make jokes out of songs. Like that's his whole bit. It's just <laughs> he literally brings like a boom box on stage, will play it, and then in, interpret what he's People hearing. People pay money to say this? It sounds like a really interesting act. It, you know, it gets old after a while, but uh -huh. like the first couple times you see it, it's amusing. And that's that's what this reminds me of. It's almost like it's a big joke. Like these people are really just searching. Huh. Okay. Yeah, well— I think it works in a couple of different ways. So first of all, I played it for you earlier when yes. we were in the kitchen, but you couldn't, the speaker in there is not that good and we couldn't really hear it that, but if you listen to it, it really kind of does sound like it has some of that stuff in there. Like you can really hear, here's to my sweet Satan. It does sound like it's saying that it kind of really does. But on the other hand, people say that it's kind of like looking at clouds Yes, where your brain interprets basically nonsense and tries to interpret them into something, right? There's probably a term for it, but I don't know. But a lot of people think think that's all there is to it. But it does it does sound like they're saying Satan. 
It does when it, the part that says six 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 does sound like six six six. I know you really love Taylor Swift. Oh, uh, she has. Uh, here's the thing. Sorry, I don't like her music, but I saw a news article that she actually paid everybody on her tour like something like twenty two million dollars in bonuses. Yeah, she didn't did have to that. do that. That's money out of her pocket that she could have kept. So good for her. I, I respect her for that, even if I don't particularly care for her At music. At least she's not as bad as Harry Styles. But she has this she has this song, Blank Spaces. Yeah. And in it, it sounds like she's saying, go ask all my Starbucks lovers. Yeah. And it's it's not. It's just go ask all my ex-lovers. But everyone on the planet, including her mother, when interviewed, yeah. said there's no way it's anything but Starbucks. <laughs> That's how everyone has interpreted the song. And I've listened to the song multiple times, telling myself, telling my brain, that's not what it says. Try and listen a little more closely. And I've only been able to hear it correctly once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something like that. But this one is fun. I don't know if I can actually play it on the podcast because of copyright and you stuff. You can just play it and remove it. But you you can make a version where I sing, sing it. Well, I, I mean, it's fine. Just people listening, I highly recommend go look it up on YouTube. Go look up Stairway to Heaven backwards. But here's the thing. If you play anything backwards, it kind of sounds creepy, you know? So as soon as you start hearing it backwards, it kind of, they, they use a backwards effect a lot in horror movies. What they'll do, for example, is they'll record somebody saying something with heavy reverb, and then they'll just reverse that track on top of itself, so you hear the reverb before the word. And that's the typical ghost voice sound. You've heard it in every single ghost movie. So when you hear something backwards, whether or not it's creepy, we've been taught that it's creepy. So I think that that's part of what's going on here, is that it just sounds creepy to begin with when you're listening to this thing going backwards. And now that somebody has told you that that's what is in there, you're going to be listening for that, right? If you just heard it backwards by yourself, you might not hear this stuff, but because before you even listen to it, somebody already told you that it says Satan and all this stuff in there, you're more likely to hear it. I actually didn't hear anything. It just well, sounded garbled. It wasn't because I'd have to, you'd have to listen to it again in a more clear environment. Some of those words really do stand out. We should listen to it maybe after the show. We could just listen to it right now. But, um... Okay, well, I guess we could listen to it, and then I could cut that part out, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, for everybody listening at home, I'm cutting this part out because of copyright reasons. So, we're going to listen to it, and then we'll have Agent Ether tell her opinion after. You know, I thought of a song that doesn't sound creepy backwards. What? The Mind Electric. It's a weird song, but the first half is reversed, so it doesn't sound weird if you reverse it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right, I'll play it. Oh, it's getting hot in here. It, It was hot in here when we started, yeah. Hello, right. we're, we're back. We're back. We we're back after it. listening to it. And Agent Ether says? Uh, it's a bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch, right. Not by I, Yeah, I also yeah. agree. No, no, I agree too. I, but I do like to give it the benefit of the doubt and be like, okay, that looks creepy. But yeah, in general, that one's considered by most people to be not a real thing. I don't know what you'd call it, conspiracy or whatever. Most people say it's just a coincidence and it just sounds creepy and all that stuff. Uh, let's see. Now, there are some songs that did use backmasking. For example, there was a Pink Floyd song with a secret message. I think that was the first band that used it. 
And it had something like, you found the secret message, send something <laughs> to this address or whatever. I don't know. But then it cuts off the address. <laughs> like a, a woman yells at him. But I think, I, I'd have to look that one up again, but I think it was like slowed down and pitch shifted. So it would be nearly impossible to find <laughs> under normal circumstances. And who who's going to sit there playing their records backwards anyways? Like Somebody did, apparently. Nobody does How do you that. play records backwards? You just turn it on and you just go, but it damages. Well, uh, uh, it's going to damage your needle, your record, and your record player probably. So don't do it. That's like stripping a screw on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Don't do it. Unless you have a record player that's designed to do it, which I don't like know. A, like, a, like a DJ one? Exactly. Unless you have something like that, it's probably not going to be good for your stuff. Like, like a platypus controlling me. Yeah, so that one was probably just the figment of a preacher's imagination during a case of mass hysteria. So is that it? Case closed? Silly preacher. Case closed. Led Zeppelin is not devil worshippers. Wait, <laughs> not so fast because there's more. So they had a meteoric, unusual rise to fame. Like they were famous pretty much overnight, right? Well, they're a good band. Yeah, they are good. But it turns out that their guitarist, Jimmy Page was heavily into the occult, or black magic. So much so that he bought Aleister Crowley's old house on the southern bank of the Loch Ness. Who's that? The Bulliskine house. Aleister Crowley is this occult figure who came up with this sort of, his own, own religion called Thelma, which was basically like a mishmash of a bunch of other beliefs. And he was like into a lot of weird stuff, um, sort of adjacent to devil worshiping, uh, maybe overlapping with devil worshiping a little bit, but it was kind of his own thing. We'll do a whole episode on him sometime at some point. He's a really interesting guy. <laughs> Look at my toe. <laughs> but he was an occult dude, did like black magic and rituals and stuff that I don't really want to say in front of Agent Redacted, but it was stuff that I don't want to say on the podcast either. Some really strange rituals. We'll just leave it at that. Oh, <laughs> um, can't it, be worse than mayhem stuff. That's actually still practiced today. Apparently, what? uh, it's no, it's not worse than mayhem. It's just, it's gross stuff oh. though. So anyways, Jimmy page was a follower of Crowley's teachings and would perform black, black magic ceremonies. Um, apparently with groupies from what I found, and, uh, it's hard to find details on this stuff because it's not the sort of thing people would like, you know, record, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's something people would do in private, but the house itself was apparently haunted. There is a history there. For example, a man was beheaded there oh. and you can hear his head rolling around sometimes. What? Or it was also built. I, I was a little fuzzy on the details, whether or not it was a church that burned down and the structure was still there and they renovated it or if it was built. But at one point, a church there burned down with a congregation inside. Ooh. So a couple of things like that happened. The house is haunted because of those things, apparently. And people that lived there, while well, Jimmy Page owned it, he didn't like going there because it had a bad vibe. So he actually only went there a few times. But he had a childhood friend, as the caretaker of the house. And that friend said that it was very common for doors to open and slam by themselves as if somebody was running through the house and they go, they would go into a room and the carpets and rugs would be piled up in that room. You know, creepy stuff like that. Uh, Typical haunted house type what, stuff. What does that mean for the carpets and rugs to be piled up? Well, they, they would just be like in a pile in the room. Huh? By themselves. By themselves. Like what? no, nobody was like rolled home. up. 
Yeah. yeah. They would just be in a messy pile, I guess. So one idea that people think that may, maybe why the house is haunted, Alistair Crowley performed rituals, as did Jimmy Page apparently was you know rumored to have performed rituals in the house. But Crowley bought the house in 1899 specifically to carry out a ritual from the book of Abramelin, A-B-R-A-M-E-L-I-N, Abramelin. That's, again, something that's a whole other episode, you know, maybe a subtopic of Aleister Crowley. But the purpose of these rituals was to summon demons to the house and then banish them. And I guess out of that, somehow you get some kind of power or whatever. You know, I'd have to look into it further. But My mama always told me not to go looking for that kind of trouble. Yeah, because hey, if you look for trouble, you might find that's it. That's what she said. Right? We yeah. weren't allowed to play Ouija board. It was very sad. Wow. <laughs> We'll get we'll get to Ouija in a moment. We need to watch Planet of the Apes. I just thought about What's that. What's that got to do with Ouija? I don't know. I just I just gotta Google. Is that a real movie? <laughs> Planet of the Apes is a real movie, I promise. I think there's several of them. But anyways, the purpose of the ritual was to summon demons and then banish them, probably to capture their power or something like that. The ritual itself could take up to six months. Crowley began the ritual but had to leave for business before he was able to finish it. And supposedly the demons are still there, having never been banished. Dang. So that's one idea as to why the house might be haunted. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of weird stuff in their lyrics and a lot of symbolism on their albums. We don't have time to really go over all of the weird stuff, but let's go over a couple of things. Now, we don't have confirmation from the band that anybody sold their soul or worshipped the devil. They all... They all people in the band either denied that Jimmy Page has always been very vague as to whether or not he worshiped the devil, you know, Maybe. could either confirm nor deny that kind I was, of thing. I'm a little drunk, I don't remember. Yeah, but if you look at some of their songs and you look at the sim- symbolism on some of their albums, you do find some really weird and creepy things. For example, here's just a handful of examples. There are many, many more that you could find. In this, they have a song called Black Dog. We listened to it in the car the other day. Now, a black dog is often what's referred to um, another name for hellhounds. Hellhounds is what the devil will send after people to claim their soul when the contract comes due. So why would they have a song named Black Dog? There's nothing in the lyrics that have anything to do with dogs. I looked and there's not. But there is a strange a strange verse in there. I mean, the most of the lyrics, well, a lot of the lyrics that is, uh, isn't Paige, it about sex or something? Uh, yeah, a lot of Led Zeppelin songs are about like sex. <laughs> the lyrics are kind of vague and nebulous. Like they don't see they're they're kind of nonsense lyrics. A lot of them they don't really seem to mean anything a lot of the time. But in Black Dog, there's a verse that says, "I got a roll, can't say." Oh, I better not sing it because. I might get a copyright ding. So I got a roll, can't stand still, got a flaming heart, can't get my fill. Now here's the, that, that part's interesting, but here's the creepy part. Eyes that shine burning red, dreams of you all through my head. What the hell does that mean? That's, that's a little weird. It has, that verse has like nothing to do with the rest of the song, which is basically like, Hey baby, let's go make out kind of stuff. Right. 
It's like completely out of context. It's really maybe, weird. Maybe it's about him. Like, I got. I guess I'll just get laid one more time before I burn in hell for eternity. Yeah. Now, these examples, by the way, are just random examples. These are literally the first songs I looked at. I looked at some more. I didn't notate them. But there's a lot of weird lyrics in their songs. Here's another one from a song called The Crunge. Now, again, it's a song about basically wanting to have sex with a lady. But the song starts out. Now, this might seem innocuous. But when you look at it, in the context of maybe having to do with the devil, it becomes a little more interesting. So his song starts out, I want to tell you about my good thing. I ain't disclosing no names, but he sure is a good friend. And I ain't going to tell you where he comes from. Boy, if I tell you, you won't come again. Oh, hey. Kind of weird, right? A little weird. I don't want to talk about this in front of Redacted. What? The meaning behind the lyrics. Well, it could it could be could, gay stuff. Could be a lot of stuff. Could be a lot of stuff. But the rest of the song is about like a lady. Okay. So why do they start the song like this really bizarre first verse that has nothing to do with the rest of the song talking about, I've got a good, fr-. he talks about my good thing. So a good thing could be your side of the contract, what you benefit from this person being the devil. And he's, I'm not going to say who he is. But he's a good friend, and I'm not going to tell you where he comes from, because if I did, you would never want to come back. You'd be scared, and you'd go away, basically, right? That is definitely how you're interpreting the lyrics. That is definitely (laughs) how I'm interpreting the lyrics. I agree. That is your interpretation. Now, another song uh, from Four Sticks, the song Four Sticks. Here's a a verse from there. A verse and a chorus or whatever. Doesn't that song have drums? Uh, No, it it, uh, ironically has no sticks or drums. (laughs) What? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I could. Re- I just remember something about the drums being hard to play on that song. The drums are hard to play on every song because John Bonham, I think that's his name, was like he was just a crazy good drummer. I know, like, but specifically hard on that song. I just in, remember something about that insanely good drummer. Like probably you could say the best rock drummer ever. But that's a whole other topic. Anyways, crazy baby, the rainbows end. Uh, mm, baby, it's just a den for those who hide who hide their love to depths of life and ruin dreams that we all knew so. And when the owls cry in the night, and owls, by the way, uh, can be a symbol like Moloch, like a, it's a satanic symbol sometimes, depending on, you know, we won't go into that whole thing. We talked a little bit about it on the Bohemian, um, Grove. Bohemian Grove thing. Yeah. So, and when the owls cry in the night and baby, when the pines begin to cry, oh baby, how do you feel? A little weird, right? Uh, I feel like a lot of song lyrics out there are cryptic in their meaning. But these lyrics are creepy. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. I don't find them creepy. (laughs) I find them creepy. Yes, I can tell. I think you're creepy. The pines begin to cry? What does that even mean? It's very poetic. I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Actually, I think I had a little bit more there. It looks like it got cut off. But there's another line there that unfortunately got cut off. I, I won't find it now. Um, maybe, I don't know, whatever. What? What How do you maybe find a line? Well, I could Google it, but I don't want to. You should Google it. The show's going a little long. How long is it? We're at just over an hour now. Oh, we should, we should get to three hours. Yeah. So I'll, I'll skip that. But there, yeah, there's, um, oh, what, you know, forget. I'll look it up real quick right now. All right. So (laughs) here's a couple more lyrics from Four Sticks. Um, oh, baby, the river's red. Is that kind of weird? Red River's. Again, I'm not talking about this in front of Redacted. River of Blood. My personal interpretation is that it is sexual in nature. All right. Well, I disagree with you, but whatever. Um, All right. Now, let's see. Yeah, here we go. So, 
when the owls cry, if the rivers run dry, how would you feel? Um, let's see. Yeah, that's the part that left out. Yeah, just the part where if the rivers run dry, how do you feel? Rivers run. It sounds very, very like um, apocalyptic. You know, pines crying, rivers running dry, stuff. I don't know. Whatever. It's, I just talking about the nuke reference I to just, Akira. Akira's red. I just thought it was like kind of a weird lyric, you know, especially in the context of the rest of the song. Well, actually that whole song doesn't make sense. None of their songs None of the, make sense. These lyrics are just all strange. Stores are all closed. Well, that, I mean, that's different, you know. Sometimes but, words right. have no meaning. So, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into the lyrics because there's tons of weird lyrics in these songs and you can interpret interpret them any way you like. Let's talk a little bit about the album art. Now in Led Zeppelin 4. Isn't that a guy with sticks on his back? Yeah, there's the sticks on his back, and some people say that if you put it in a mirror, it looks like a demon. What? I couldn't, I couldn't see it. I did not see the demon in that picture. Um, but there's also stuff on that. If you look at the 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 guy holding the lantern, that's from that's art from a tarot card. So that's definitely a, has an occult influence, right? And he's standing on some rocks, and if you put the rocks up to a mirror, you're also supposed to see something like what? a. I don't know, like a monster or something. I forget what. And um, I, I kind of didn't see it, but I kind of saw it. It was a little weird looking. I don't know, but some people read something into that. Uh, check it out for yourself. See if I'm see if I'm wrong. If you can see something, you know, let me know. But the al- the thing about this album that's pretty interesting is that they against their wishes of the record label, they did not put the band's name on the album. The album has no official title. Although fans generally call it Led Zeppelin 4 because it's the album that came after Led Zeppelin 3, which did have a title. What is it on Spotify? Probably Led Zeppelin 4. I'm going to check. Maybe it's not. Now, on the album, each member uses a symbol instead of their name. And a couple of these symbols are pretty obviously... Is IV 4? Yeah. Pretty obviously... Why are you teaching these kids in school? I I don't know. I'm busy. A couple of these symbols are pretty obviously references to certain things. Um, they're all made up or based on Poor something. Poor dude, he has to carry but so many sticks. Jimmy Page's symbol looks like Z-O-S-O, which um, some people may think sounds like Zozo, which is the name of a demon. You might be familiar Z- with Zozo. I Z- don't know. And it's a demon that you can summon with the Not Ouija all of us grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons. No, no, listen. Zozo is a demon you can summon with a Ouija board. Oh. Does it cost, uh, do you have to roll a nat 20? No, what you do is you do the Ouija board and if Zozo's present, then the Ouija, or the, what do they call it? The um, Pen- pen- the planchette, maybe? Whatever, the thing you're touching goes in a figure eight pattern and then goes from Z to O very quickly. I guess that's supposedly what happens when Zozo's there. He goes by a couple of other names, but don't worry about those right now. So, he just wants to chill, man. Yeah. He's like, I'm here. Hey, what's up, peeps? Let's chill. So Jimmy Page may have hinted or said, it, it depends on what article you're looking at. They're very inconsistent. That it may have to do with Saturn, which I guess Saturn was his like his zodiac symbol. But interestingly enough, Jimmy Page collected art by a guy named Austin Osmond Spare, who was also a student of Alistair Crowley. <laughs> And also into the occult and came up with a system of his own named Zos Kia Cultus. So Z-O-S is one letter away from Z-O-S-O, Zoso. So they think that that might have something to do with it. So it has an occult meaning. What? 
Whereas Jimmy Page, none of the people in the band are really all that clear as to what the symbols mean, but that's what people think is that this has, you know, Zozo is an occult meaning for that because Jimmy Page was into the occult. Not that much of a jump. All right, now I showed this one to Agent Ether and she agreed it was creepy. The album cover for Houses of the Holy. Can I get a WTF? Houses of the Holy. Didn't you think that one was a little creepy? Agent yes, Ether? yes, yes. Can I see it? Google it on your phone, Houses of the Holy. So what it is is I'm it's regret this. a bunch of a bunch <laughs> no, of naked no. children what? <clears throat> climbing up the giant's causeway in Ireland. It's a basically a hill made of geometrically shaped rocks. And all of the children are seen from behind or like the side and behind. You can't see any of their faces. And some of the kids, like what the closest one to the viewer is lying on the ground, kind of like she's crawling. I think it's a she. It's hard to tell. They're kids. But um, the uh, there's another kid in the distance who's kind of like raising their hand. Why are they raising their hand? What does their pot- body posture suggest? They're climbing. Don't know. Who knows? Now, this was actually just two children who were kind of like superimposed over and over again. And I think there's a total of 11 on the album cover. But that in and of itself looks really creepy because... Children of the Cornish. It's just, it's just really weird looking. Yeah. It's just really it's weird like looking. It's almost AI generated. Yeah. But on the inside of the album is a picture of an old crumbling castle on a hill And it looks like it's drawn. It doesn't look like it's a photograph, but drawn on there is a naked man figure holding what appears to be one of the children over his head. Oh. And there's a beam of light coming down off of the castle. There is. Towards them. And again, you can't see their faces. They're facing away from you. It is just super creepy. It looks like he's sacrificing one of the kids. That's what it looks like to me. Really friggin' weird. And also the thing you might expect from, I don't know, maybe a devil worshiper to sacrifice a child, you know, just saying, dude, the evidence is right in front of us, people. It's right there. They're saying on their album, they're saying, look, we are literally sacrificing children. (laughs) Beware, beware. Hide your children. Don't take them to Led Zeppelin concerts. Apparently, is Led Zeppelin still around? And Jimmy Page did actually date a 14-year-old girl. What? Yeah. This so, he's, is, so he's a pedophile. He is a Jimmy Page is a pedophile. What? Yes, this is true. How did you forget to what? Well, um, there's a lot to this case. So you know, what order are we going to talk? Is this man about? in jail? Well, so it. We're, what I'm getting? No, he's not in jail. He what? got away with it. Statue of limitations and famous people can do a lot of crazy things and Apparently. get away with it. They're just fam- there's there's a lot of musicians who have done this sort of thing. Jimmy Page isn't necessarily unique in this aspect. That does not make it any better or more palatable. But Ugh. anyways, there are some, um, some, uh, let's say, followers of Aleister Crowley who talk about sacrificing children, but they talk about sacrificing the innocence of children. So maybe that's what Jimmy Page was doing by dating this 14-year-old. I don't know. You know, it lines up. It fits, it fits his belief system. Um, but you know, he never is going to come out and say anything or say that's what he was doing. But I mean, the evidence is right in front of us. You know, the, the, you have these symbols they put into plain, plain sight and Jimmy page was usually, he, he either, 
um, designed the album artwork himself, or he was heavily involved with the design of the album artwork. So he's the one possibly putting these symbols on the albums, you know, like these children who are being sacrificed, for example, on houses of the holy. So am I reading too much into it? I don't know, Interesting, but it's still kind of weird. Now on Led Zeppelin 3, which I actually have sitting up on that shelf, I forgot to check this. Led but, Zeppelin. But on the vinyl, which I have the vinyl is what I meant to say, on the vinyl album is they, he actually put on the front and the back two halves of the saying of Alistair, or not the saying, but Alistair Crowley's law of Thelema, he, his religion, he had one law. Do what thou wilt shalt be the whole of the law. What? That's his, that's. What does that mean? That's kind of a satanic belief, actually. Right. What does that mean? That means that the law, words. the law of his system is whatever I want to do is the law. Is legal. Yeah. And not only that, it's, it, it becomes the law. It's encouraged. It's your own law. And you're, you're not living up to your full potential and you're not living up to your vows as a Satanist if you're not following that law. Right. So if you want to sit around all day and separate green Skittles out from Skittle packages, do it. If you want to murder somebody, do it. That's kind of separate out green Skittles. <laughs> but that is actually printed on the vinyl printing for Led Zeppelin 3. I want to check to see. It said the first vinyl printing, so it might not be on all of them, but I'm going to check later to see if mine has it on there. Cause I have that on vinyl. Cause I'm I'm old and a nerd. Vinyl school. <laughs> I've I, I purchase vinyls. What? You're gonna go? I gotta go to work in the morning. Oh, okay. Well, aging ether. Aging ether is gonna peace out. But I mean, well, why don't you stick around? Yeah, just stick. That's a, all I had on Led Zeppelin. More hours. <laughs> That's all I had on Led Zeppelin, actually. So I was just gonna sum it up there. I have some stuff on Robert Johnson, but we've well, gone we've gone really long here. So I might. St- uh, I might wait for the Robert bonus. Johnson stuff. Well, yeah. Either either a bonus or maybe a Battle of the Bands part two. Who knows? Oh, well, I forgot to mention. So the Varg guy, um, he and his wife were recently arrested like 10 years ago on suspected terrorism because they randomly bought four rifles. Uh-huh. So apparently he is not chilled down. Oh, okay. They're just pretending to chill out. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So as far as Led Zeppelin goes, that's barely scratching the surface of all the weird stuff I could find on him. And, um, there's, there's like, for example, they did a cover of a Robert Johnson song and, you know, they had Alistair Crowley, like a picture of him on their, one of their, I don't know. There's so much stuff to it. And once you start putting all the pieces together, it makes a very interesting picture, not necessarily one that's a smoking gun, but it's one of those really interesting and weird cases where it's like, okay, what if, cause this all looks like it fits together to make an interesting picture, but I don't know. It could just be. My imagination too. But they have an album where on the cover children are being sacrificed. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, uh, I think it's time to wrap this one up because Agent Ether is falling asleep yeah. over there. I, I also forgot to mention a band I was researching that was similar to Mayhem poured uh, pig blood all over the crowd. All right. Well, maybe That's we'll do that one. Mayhem. Maybe we'll do that one next time. Oh God. So many bands like this. All the black metal bands are like Mayhem. I'm not yeah. kidding. It's terrible. Seems to be a theme. They're all neo-Nazis. It's weird. All right. Well, I guess that we'll leave you with that. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can check us out on Patreon for bonus episodes, early release episodes, after hours, and at the top tier, you can vote on upcoming topics. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and... Keep it strange. 
Adios, mis amigos.